iHub Radio, reinventing talk radio in the Coachella Valley. Homemade for the rest of us. Live from Palm Springs, the intersection of arts, entertainment, and the desert scene. This is The Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen. And good Saturday afternoon to you, and welcome to The Culture Corner and iHub Radio. Hope everybody's hanging in there with uh, this stay-at-home order, and I know it's getting warmer outside, um, but I, I just hope that everyone stays uh, patient and thinks of the bigger picture and wearing masks out to stores. And when you're in public, um, you know, it's not all about each of us individually. It's about uh, the whole of humanity in our community and making sure everyone stays safe and healthy. And, you know, we've got to just hang in there and stay patient. And this will end at some point. Um, but the more... Um, Inward, you can look and think about this as a time to be quiet and pursue other creative projects, get close to your family, etc. will help. So, uh, obviously, the Culture Corner, normally we do a lot, talk a lot about live events and plays and musical performances and that kind of thing. Obviously, there's not a lot of that going on right now, so we're kind of shifting our focus a little bit. And we want to talk about how people are um, handling uh this pandemic and this these stay-at-home orders and how they're doing with it. And I wanted to talk today to um, a professional, a mental health professional, about how maybe some tips on how we can do that. So we, we have Carolyn Redman joining us today, who is a, uh, a family therapist. Hi, Carolyn. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good, good. Hanging in there. So tell people just a little bit about you and your practice, and then we'll get into some tips you have for people. Okay. Um, Well, I am a licensed marriage and family psychotherapist, and I work right here in Palm Springs, and I deal with folks that um, uh, suffer from anxiety, depression, um, agoraphobia, and um, relationship issues, addiction Mm -hmm. issues, and um, unfortunately, we live in a world today where things are a little bit more heightened. Feelings and emotions are, and anxiety is heightened. Mm-hmm. So, are you seeing are you seeing a lot of uh, of your patients um, getting more agitated and anxious and having more issues with family issues and addiction? Are you seeing that in the last two months or so? Absolutely. Um, people, you know, we live in a very uptight productive, get-it-done society. And uh, with this pandemic, people have had to really stop and change their lives around. And, of course, that has meant an additional bit of depression and anxiety. Sadly to say, there's been a rise in um, domestic violence and um, people trying to cope with being um, suffering from cabin fever, if you will, people are restless. They want to get out and they want to go back to their normal lives. But at this point, it's it's a pretty tricky situation to do that. So people are having to take a look at their lives, deal with anxiety and stress, and um, change their lifestyles a little bit mm-hmm. until this passes. And so what kinds of what kinds of 
advice? Do you have some specific tips for people? Let's break it down specifically. Let's talk about relationships, you know, adult one-on-one marriages, partners, those kinds of relationships. When you have this much togetherness, so you're not, they're not going off to a job or going off to private time or out with the guys or whatever. What advice do you have for couples in particular on how to weather this uh, particular time we're in? Well, the first thing I would say, you know, and this is generally speaking, not only to couples, but, you know, to, you know, any kind of relationships in general. And the first thing is acceptance, that anxiety is okay. And um, we need to kind of normalize it. People are scared, you know, and to allow, you know, you know, couples to be able to express you know, what they're feeling, what, you know, what they're thinking, and to give them the assurance that um, things eventually are going to be okay, and it's okay to have the feelings that they're experiencing. We live in a world of uncertainty, and um, and especially during this time, things are even more uncertain. And to be honest, this whole uh, pandemic has put everybody in touch with either consciously or unconsciously our mortality. And that can kind of make anxiety um, increase. But to be able to um, to be able to express our anxiety and to be able to talk about it and also to point out how people are capable of handling anxiety because just living a life is anxious and people have found ways of handling it and so to encourage people that um, they can handle this as well and another thing is also being patient and compassionate to ourselves Um, because if we beat beat ourselves up we're adding another layer of feelings and that worsens the anxiety that people also also are feeling because of this pandemic so i think it's a matter of just you know accepting it okay i'm feeling anxious uh, i'm feeling upset and allowing you know our partners or husbands or wives to be able to listen listen with compassion mhm yeah, because I think I think that's one of the things that and even without a pandemic is stuffing feelings down or not allowing yourself to feel them or denying them. That causes a whole lot of problems, including addiction. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also wanted to mention like practical solutions to this. Um As a therapist, I have encouraged my clients that if they're feeling particularly anxious, that they're more than welcome to call what I call for check-in calls, you know, for them like, oh, gee, you know, I just want to check in and, um, you know, get, get a little bit of assurance. And like I said, listening, allowing people to express their thoughts and feelings, both good and bad. And, um, and, and to just give people that space of okayness, that they're okay, even if they're feeling very, very anxious. Right, right. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about is, I know I've um, tried to balance this feeling every now and then, because we're all at home and not going out to either jobs or whatever, is this feeling of um 
I have to get, you know, 10 things done today. I have to get X, Y, Z done today since I'm at home or it's a failed day is that sometimes you have to just take some time and just be and relax and go sit outside and look at the trees or have you found that with your patients too? Absolutely. We, you know, I, I mean, as horrible as this pandemic is and it, it is. It's horrible. We've lost a lot of lives and people have gotten sick. But it's almost like there there could be some, um, you know, I don't know, divine intervention saying, hey, stop. Take a look at how we're living our lives because we live in a very do-oriented society. And um, we need to step back and simply allow ourselves to be, like you suggested, you know, just, you know, being able to go out in nature, you know, where there's no people around and just look at the beauty. You know, it, this desert really is a beautiful place. Um, the trees and, and the flowers that bloom and just taking time and looking at nature. And um, I think that um, the idea is also like being at home getting reacquainted with one another as a family, you know, for parents, um, particularly in, in raising their children, you know, for helping the children to feel safe. And that would mean like, well, of course, parents have to kind of regulate their own anxiety when they're relating to their children, but right. yet at the same time, allowing, allowing children to have a time to be able to express and uh, maybe playing games with your kids. Um, there is a really cute story I heard about um, a neighborhood where this man um, and his family were sitting outside and the kids, start, they must have heard coyotes in the background and they start, and the coyotes were howling or whatever. And so the kids started howling. Then the parents started howling and their neighbors who were with them, everybody started howling. And mm -hmm. there was a kind of like, you know, kind of fun in just doing that, letting themselves just be and enjoying yeah. nature and participating in nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about kids because I know kids are home from school, a lot parents are homeschooling. So again, it's that same to get to. Sometimes it feels like too much togetherness, being cooped up, and kids are scared. I can't imagine as as an adult, we're scared. Kids have got to be scared about this whole thing. How do you address kids' fears about what's happening now? I think you know, you know, kids, you know, they're they're intuitive. Kids mm -hmm. are very, very intuitive. They're very bright. Mm -hmm. And I think, like adults, they need a space to be able to say, gee, this is really scary. Mm -hmm. And to know that it's okay to be scary. Right. You know, because I think adult, we as adults are nothing but big kids. We've just had more life experience. But mm -hmm. in human nature, despite our culture, our racial backgrounds, our religious backgrounds, we're all really the same. We all get afraid. And when things are uncertainty and when, you know, life is threatened, we get scared. And to allow kids to be able to express their feelings, either verbally talking, um, you know, they can be creative have them do art, incorporate music into it, like having kids listen to specific songs that they like and get them to talk about what it is about the song that that attracts them that they like, you know, yeah. and and like with the younger kids, you know, they art is really great for that kind of thing and have them draw, you know, the big, mm -hmm. bad, scary thing and, and maybe, you know, create a story around that, how... 
uh, you know, I don't know, like a big superhero comes and conquers it, you right, know, right. in, I love that. in a yeah. way to, yeah, to allow kids to be able to be very creative mm-hmm. and, and, you know, let them use their imagination because not only in this kind of a situation, but generally speaking, children are so doggone creative and they're so intuitive. And I think the child in, in all of us, that's where our creativity and our zest for life comes and to encourage that with children and yeah. give them a lot of assurance that it's okay to be scared, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and but, also another piece in this, too, is children automatically, in a way, know how to problem solve. They go to school, and kids meet all kinds of issues in school, and they learn how to deal with them. And to invite kids to talk about how they've dealt with a specific problem, because I think that that kind of moves towards, um, you know, kind of a solution-focused um, kind of therapy, if you will, which empowers them. Yeah. It empowers yeah. them to go, hey, you know, I handled um, getting that failing grade. I didn't run away, and I, you know, right. or whatever I'm it is. Than I thought. Yeah, with- yeah. Well, I, and I, I encourage, I think everybody, and I think you would too, if you're really having a serious issue that you do want to reach out, whether it's either initially to a partner or a friend or to someone professional. So, um, uh, Carolyn, uh, how would you, would, do you want to give a website or something? If somebody's feeling anxious and might want to uh, start, you know, uh, has never talked with therapists before, do you want to give some contact information for yourself, for somebody? I'd be more than happy to. I'll give you both my information. My website is on Homestead. I think it's called Homestead.com, and you just look up Caroline Redmond. Um, And also, I work um, in a wonderful place here in Palm Springs called the Center for Counseling and Education. And we are open. We are open. It's right on Tokwitz, and um, we've got a good staff of people. and um, I would be more than happy, you know, anything I can do to um, help comfort people and have them come in and talk. So, um, okay. you know. Local talk that's moving the needle. Art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater. If it's happening in the Coachella Valley, it's on the Culture Corner with Bonnie G. And we are back on the Culture Corner. And right now, I want to talk to you. I have a lot of uh, actor, singer, dancer, musician, director friends in the Valley. And, of course, we're all in the same boat. Nobody's really doing live performances. Some people are doing live streams. But um, my friend Doug Graham, who is a fabulous dancer, actor, dance teacher, etc., and in great shape. And he puts, he's always hiking out there, working out, and he puts these great pictures on Facebook. Because I wanted to talk to him about how he stays in shape, both mentally and physically, during this crazy time. Hey, Doug, how are you? Hey, Bonnie. Hello, my dear. Good to talk how to you. How are you? And how, so how are you staying? I mean, you're, first of all, you're in great shape. I know you're a big workout guy, in addition to being a dancer. So how, how what advice would you have for people um to stay both, you know, in, in shape physically, not just sit around and watch TV all day, since we're all in the house, and also in, in mentally and emotionally. How are you doing that? Well, you know, number one, Bonnie, we are in, if we had to be anywhere, this city, this little town is a blessing. You look at all these yes. people who are trapped in their little coffins of apartments in New York and the big cities, and they can't get out, and we have the whole nature vista with the mountains and the desert for us to take advantage of 
Wow. And honestly, for me, it is, it's a total choice. You know, I could choose to be, oh, we're in quarantine and, it's, it's, you know, we're trapped and we can't be where all lives were. Or we can choose to have what it is now and make a decision to be happy and mm-hmm. to be pro- proactive. So what I, I actually have to make a list every day of things that I want to get done. Mm-hmm. And one of those is always, actually two of them is always something with the physical body. And it's either my backyard workout, and I've discovered the joy of hiking, as you've seen from my Facebook post, which I am obsessed with now. It's, there's so much beauty. You know, they just opened the um, Indian Canyons last week. They were closed mm-hmm. before. Right. So they open at 8 o'clock. It's $9 for non-seniors, 7 for seniors, and it's free for vets. And it opens at 8 o'clock, and it's just, I mean, that's where I discovered this Murray Canyon trail with the, with the waterfalls. But for me, it's sometimes I do it by myself. Mm-hmm. I take a, a meditative hike and just enjoy the nature around me and just breathe in the blessings of everything that, that this gives us. And sometimes it's with a friend who we walk at a you know safe distance, and my roommate Steve and I, of course, don't have to do that. So that's the physical part. And I always get my workout in. And it's amazing what you can do with a set of cables. And I have a set of dumbbells. Uh, I've heard they're kind of hard to get these days. But there's always ways you can do home workouts, you know, and Mm -hmm. just be creative. Even if you have soup cans, you can make them dumbbells, you know. Yeah. So that's that's the the physical part. Creatively, I am still able to, you know, I, I practice my voice and sing and I teach my dance class once a week. On Zoom tomorrow, actually, at 10 o'clock. You can find it on my Facebook page if you want to take a dance class with me for free. And it's a little advanced beginner, but that's something that's fun to do. It keeps your, <clears throat> keeps your brain working and your body going. Absolutely. So, How, are, so you're getting, are a lot of people uh, taking that v- online, virtually? Yeah. I have about around 15 to 20 <clears throat> who are popping on. Even, even a couple of gals from Austria are coming on to take my class. So it's a wow. lot of fun. Wow, that's great. I know, right? Yeah. And so, so, and so I offered that. Mental, I'm sorry. So, men, so keeping so mentally, I would say I would guess that both the physicality is always important. So getting out there and hiking in nature and your dance, staying creative and teaching your dance class, that all uh, led, lends itself to uh, positive mental health during all this, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if, if if we're honestly, if we're not physical, we're going to be. It, it, it's, it's all it all works together. If we can't be physical, then we can't be happy because we're we're meant to move. You know, even if you just put on some music and dance, just let your body move to the music, let it express. It's it's dying to move and express itself, and that's a great way to let go of, of pent up energy and anger and maybe even just joy. So just putting on some dance music and dancing. So it's all tied together. And yeah. I'm using this as an introspective time, too, because I just started a, a three-month uh, spiritual course on um, quantum physics and spirituality and metaphysics. And so that also is you. Me. And I'm, 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 I'm starting my book, which I've been sitting on forever, about my life and tips to create whatever you want in your life. So it's been a really – it was almost a blessing, I, I dare That's I That's what say. I found, too, is it's been so cre- – it's such a time for creative. Yeah, all, any of those – any projects, if you're someone that has a book, you want to write a book, or you want you've been pay- you want to paint, or you want to do any of those personal creative things that we all say, well, I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. Well, now you do. Yes. Yeah. You know, I don't know – do you know about Masterclass? 
that they advertise it all the time where you can what? get lessons from oh, the masters. What is that? Where, where is that? Where can you find that? Okay. I've seen it. Very simple. Very simple. Masterclass.com. If you pay, it's 180 bucks, <clears throat> but you get a free one to give to somebody else. So if you find somebody you want to split it with, uh-huh. honey, this is like a wealth, like every course is like has so much content in it. It comes with workbooks and you can find your way into a whole new creative creative way of expressing. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Wow. So it's wow. definitely worth it. Yeah. So tell me when when is your dance class that you teach again, Doug? It's tomorrow. You can find my link for Zoom on Facebook on my Facebook page, Doug Graham. Okay. And just pop on and there's no password. I just pop you in and and, you know, I'll never be able to see you, so you can make as many mistakes as you want and dance like nobody's watching <laughs> because nobody is. And is it? And is this a kind of a beginner's class? Is this beginner's like jazz, or what kind of dance is it? It's theater jazz. So right, right now we're working on a classic piece that's almost flossy, flossy-like. It's, it's got different levels. It's probably more of an advanced beginner to intermediate class, okay. so it's not definitely not for bare beginners. But okay. if somebody Super. has some experience, I have, I have different levels aboard. All right. Well, Doug Grant, thank so. you so much. Continue out there. Keep hiking and sending us this great Facebook picture because they're fabulous. Stay safe and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Local talk that's moving the needle. Art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater. If it's happening in the Coachella Valley, it's on the Culture Corner with Bonnie G. And back on the Culture Corner on iHub Radio. And we're now joined by um, one somebody I admire so much, uh, Miss Rose Millette, who is a fabulous vocalist. She's a jazz diva in the desert and also a very, very uh, spiritual and grounded person. I admire her for both of those things. Hi, Rose. How are you? I'm good, Bonnie. How are you? Good, 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 good. Thank you so much for joining us. So I wanted to talk to you about two specific things. First of all, I want to t- tell us a little bit about your live stream. You're one of the performers who is d- is doing these live stream, Facebook live stream concerts. And you do, I think, both Tuesday and Saturday because those were your regular nights. Tuesday, I believe, at um, the Purple Room and Saturday at Vicky's, right? That your, was your normal schedule the, during the season, right? That is correct, right. So, so tell us about the live streams, and have you, have you had fun doing that? Have you had any challenges doing that? Well, you know, I, I, I admit that I started it because, um, as you mentioned, the Tuesday and Saturday gigs, you know, I, I suddenly found myself in a position I didn't have purpose to, like, prepare for the week or get dressed and, and go, you know, because I, I lived – um, 50 miles away from uh, from Purple Room and 69 miles away from Vicky's, so it would always um, require a certain regiment to get ready, like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shower, yeah. bathe, and get dressed, and then another hour to get there. So, you know, I, I no longer had that to um, as inspiration to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found myself in a really, really sad place. And I needed something to um, motivate me. So then that's how Home Serenade became, and um, um, that's how I started it. Mm-hmm. And how do you and and how do you decide now? How uh, how long is because people do different. Some people do five songs, six songs, half an hour. How long do you usually do? Well, my initial goal is you know I call it a, a musical snack. You know mm-hmm. I don't want to have it. 
a long, like an hour show, like a formalized show. So I, I initially say 30 minutes because beyond 30 minutes, it can't get into overkill. So, but most often I never adhere to it. <laughs> it usually winds up being approximately 45 minutes. So I, I kind of like judge the number of songs by the minutes that they are. Most often it's about anywhere between four and five and sometimes six, but I don't want it to go that long. I don't want it to become a bore. Mm-hmm. And now do you choose, because you're using tracks right now, Do you when you do these home serenades, are you, do you choose songs from a different perspective than you just put together a set if you were actually at the Purple Room? In a sense, I kind of do, because now a lot of the things, of course, um, people have heard already, the standards. Mm-hmm. And then there are songs that I have never done but have always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But for some reason or another, what a lot of people don't understand if they're, if they're really not in the business, we have to pay people oftentimes to uh, create charts and right. play for us So mm-hmm. and, and to create tracks. So, um, and, and so a lot of things don't get done because of that. You sometimes just don't have the finances. Right. So there are a lot of things on, um, that are tracks that are available that I've never done before. So I'm, I'm trying to push myself outside my comfort zone. And admittedly, I don't have a lot of them memorized, but it's just the um, opportunity to do songs that I've never done before, but that, that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. That's super, super. Um, so, what, what do you? Um, so, would you would you could you consider yourself a more, a, basically a jazz vocalist? Yes, um, that is my that's my genre of preference because uh, what jazz allows me to do is improvise. Um, if it's something that's a classic and it's um, or I should say a standard, it puts me in a box. If I can't improvise, then I'm kind of I'm boring to myself even. So, yeah, and, and even when I sing popular songs, yeah. uh, they become jazz songs. <laughs> right. Okay. All Just right. because of my style. And now do you, you, you scat a little bit, don't you? Oh, I love to scat. Yeah. I love to I, scat. I think we talked about this one time before when I had you live on in the studio is um, – it's something that I once had this argument with somebody. I think it was Mike Costley, actually. He's wonderful. And he said, well, you know, any, anybody can scat. You can teach anybody to scat. And I said, I mean, I suppose you could teach them the mechanics of it, but I think that you have to have a certain feeling for it or affinity for it for it to come sound, sort of to come across uh, effectively. Is my I don't scat because gotcha. I, I don't feel comfortable do it. I'm doing it. I don't think it's something that I do well, so I don't do it. But I love hearing other people do it. So what's your feeling about that? Well, I, I, you know, partially yes and partially no on what you said, because now uh, how I started, I love the idea of scatting, but I couldn't either. I may have had just a couple of syllables that I knew how to do. And, uh, it, and it shows that the limitations. So and, I, and we did talk about this before. Yeah. I created um, a, an exercise for myself to um, put different syllables together mm-hmm. with different consonants in the beginning of the vowels. Mm-hmm. And I just went through a bunch from A to Z. 
mm-hmm. um, I did that and I started practicing those vowels and, uh, and consonants together to see how they would sound melodically. And uh-huh. after a while, just like anything, it becomes, you know, natural. Yeah. Can you give me a, just a short, real short example? I hate to put you on the spot, but just give me uh, of your exercise of how you did that in the beginning. Yeah. So, for instance, it's like using the consonant B with the mm-hmm. with the vowel A, E, yeah. I, O, baby, bye, bo, boo, you know, and okay. then uh, the same thing with the letter D, day, D, di, do, do, okay. L, same thing. And then it becomes. Okay. It becomes it becomes a sentence almost, you know, but um, it's all about consonants before the vowel. And mm-hmm. uh, and linking those things together. Okay, well that makes total sense. I love that. And you know, I might one of these days just play, play around with it. I just I don't know. I'm not sure I'm ever going to do it because again, I I feel intimidated by it, and I, it doesn't feel and not. And I but I love hearing people that do it well. It's great to hear people that do it well. But um, <laughs> but I'm glad, but I might try that one day. I might sit down on my own and just mess around with it. But anyway, just mess um, around, and it doesn't come overnight. So you know. The idea is like with anything, we just have to practice it. Yeah. Oh, do you have a, a go-to song, a go-to, well, that's your back of the Purple Room or the Vicky's whatever, and so, or, you, or you get up at some special occasion and say, Rose, we want you to sing. Do you have a go-to song that you, or one or two that you always, are your fail-safe uh, tunes? Well, you know, I, I will tell you, I think the most requested songs are At Last, mm-hmm. Summertime, Girl from Ipanema and mm. the Blues. Okay. Now, do you ever get tired of doing those those three titles? Do you, do you ever well, get tired of doing them? I think I think listeners who come to see me with any kind of regularity get tired of them. No, but do but you? Then, do you? Do I? Yeah. Uh, well, some sometimes I do need I need I do need a change. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then so I'll put it on the set list at the bottom saying only if requested. Right. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So I want to switch gears yeah. for a second because you are, you, one of the things I really admire most about you is you are a very spiritually evolved person and grounded person. And I've seen that talking to you in person, but on Facebook also, how are you, I mean, this, this time that we're in now in this pandemic and the stay at home thing, <clears throat> I think it's forcing people to, Take a look inward and, 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 you know, if they haven't had any spiritual connection, maybe think about developing one because that, I think that's one of the things that's getting people through. How, how are, are you finding that right now? Uh, I am. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the program, I was beginning to feel rather sad. You know, I don't care how uh, evolved and enlightened a person can be. You know, we're all subject to periods of either sadness and in some measure, if not um, terribly so, but a certain amount of depression even. So, but the only thing that um, gets you above and beyond that uh, space is your deep-seated faith. Now, whether that comes from, I don't know, Allah, God, Buddha, whomever, Right. You know, as as long as the basic is about loving yourself, because mm-hmm. you can't help anybody if you don't love yourself first. And right. if you don't have that deep-seated uh, thought planted in your heart, you don't have anything to pull yourself up out of the doldrums with. 
Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, I, and I say these things too. I often say this to other people when I'm not feeling my best because to let people know that there's nothing wrong with them if they're not feeling good. Right. Right. You know, we, we all go through those periods, but the, the, um, winning thought is I am and I can, and you can, you can overcome anything. And a lot of that has to do with fear and there's fear, you know, what was I saying? Um, fear, you know, fear itself. The only thing to fear is fear itself. Right. Right. Have you been, I mean, one thing that I'm, uh, it's one of the tough parts of this pandemic that we're in is, and of course, you know, it's it's being very politicized and I don't want to get into that, but um, one of the things that I, sadly, it seems to be revealing uh, with a lot of people is selfishness. I mean, this this whole, what's going on right now, it's really (laughs) kind of, if you're really somebody that's selfish and self-centered and thinking only of you rather than the bigger picture, it's really kind of manifesting itself in the midst of this whole thing. Have you seen that? Has that been uh, sad for you to see or are you not, are you surprised by it at all? I'm really not surprised at it only because we're all wired differently. Mm-hmm. And um, I had the thought today even to think that I don't expect everybody to think like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I require of people in this time of difference, when when people think that it might be selfish, that, that we not lower ourselves into the judgmental name calling. Right. Uh, because people are going to make their own decision as to who they want to be and what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So I, from that, I always just say it's a, the perfect place to to be in the bleachers and observe who is who mm-hmm. and who it is that you want to identify with in character and uh, in action. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, everybody's on their own. You know, I'm I'm yeah. not really surprised, but <sighs> it can be disheartening. But mm-hmm. what can I do about it? All I can do is control my space. I can't control anybody else's space, nor their thoughts. Do you do, uh, do you have a, 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 if you want to share it, any kind of ritual? Do you meditate every day or do you have any kind of ritual or mantra or anything that kind of keeps you in that positive uh, sort of spiritual space when things are tough? You know, back in 1986, uh, I was introduced to Transcendental Meditation. Mm, okay. So uh, I have not necessarily on a daily basis. There are times, you know, there's an ebb and a flow. Sometimes it's every day for a week or two, and then I fall off the wagon. Yeah. And then it yeah. might be once every month or whatever it is, you know. And then I, I'll get an inspiration to go out. So I can't say that it's a, it's a thank you, Rose. regiment. Thank you, Rosemary. I love you. Thank you so much for your spiritual guidance and your singing. We'll be back on the Culture Corner in just a bit. Local talk that's moving the needle. Art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater. If it's happening in the Coachella Valley, it's on the Culture Corner with Bonnie G. 
And we are back on the Culture Corner and I have radio. I wanted to get out because I know we um, we uh, cut her off a little bit. Uh, Carolyn Redman, who was our therapist in the first segment, her the f- phone number for the center, the Center for Counseling and Education, where she uh, does her work there, 760-880-4334, 760-880-4334. Again, that's Carolyn Redman, the Center for Counseling and Education. Thank you so much to her and to Doug Grant and to Rose Millette. So now we're going to chat. Uh, we've been doing this the last few shows, and it's really fun chatting with Brian Mendoza, who, of course, has his own film show on Saturdays. And the, today we want, I wanted to talk to him a little bit about um, – his four top four favorite film actors and top four favorite film actresses and why and we're, we're going to share that info so what'd you come up with brian so for actresses i just want to throw out an honorable mention to marilyn monroe she is i own a lot of her movies so i've seen almost every one of her movies but we're doing four so i got it i had to cut her off even though i did okay. not want to <laughs> okay <laughs> but um and I also had to cut off Orson Welles for the men. But for the women, my four are number four, Cicely Tyson. Number three, Audrey Hepburn. Mm. Number two, Ingrid Bergman. And number one, Betty Davis. Wow. Wow. So you did, you went way back further than I did. I was, I mean, there's so many to choose from. I was a little more contemporary. So I have, and I didn't rank them, but I have Jessica Lange, Michelle Pfeiffer, Frances McDormand, who I love, and Susan Sarandon. Um, so yeah, we have, so tell me, give me a couple of reasons why, or a couple of films, why you chose some of those. Well, with Betty Davis, I've always been a big fan of her movies. So I love her range. She can go from playing a young woman who is dying from a very rare illness in Dark Victory to being mm-hmm. a very outspoken, but yet very, I would say, content character in All About Eve. I like how her, she has such great range and the way she transforms herself. She's not willing to look. She's not willing to not sacrifice to not sacrifice her looks for movies. I love the fact that she just she can go ugly or she right. can become monstrous, and and I love it. Mm-hmm. As okay, for, how about some of the other ones? Ingrid Bergman, I just think she just could capture your heart with just a simple look on screen. And I think Audrey Hepburn, she's just so lovable on screen. She's an actress that no matter how she plays a role, she's always going to be lovable, even in a bad movie. I've seen some bad movies with her in it. She can capture your heart and your mm-hmm. attention. And yeah. Then, and Cicely Tyson to me is an underrated actress. She has done so much good work. I would, I would almost say she's a contemporary of the actresses you have named, but I think she's a little older. So mm-hmm. I would say that she, I picked, I picked her because I think that she doesn't get enough credit for a lot of the work she puts in film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, yeah. So Jessica Lange, I've always, always loved. And um, and when I was younger, the, I had a couple of headshots when I was much younger. When she was younger, we looked uh, similar. Some people said, you look a little like Jessica Lange. So, but Frances, you saw, I'm sure you saw the movie Frances. Oh, yes, that was a yeah, good one. So she, I thought she was just, um, she's amazing, but that particular, really fabulous. And then she can do like stupid, lighthearted stuff like Tootsie, too. But um, I think she's really got a lot of depth of an, as an actress. Michelle Fox. For same thing, can go from Greece to uh, what's he, Dangerous Liaisons, or what was the other uh, Age of Innocence? I think it was. Yes. She's done a lot of period stuff and really was fabulous. But then silly stuff like Greece also. Um, Frances McDormand, not a glamour girl at all, but boy, can she! I mean, I just saw since the, with the lockdown, I just saw um, 
three three billboards. Oh, that's a good one. Billboards thing, fabulous. I mean, boy, she just grit. I think when I think of her, I think of grit. I mean, she is just so real and raw um, on screen. And then Susan Sarandon, same thing, can go from glamour, 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 you know, Witches of Eastwick to uh, Dead Man Walking. I mean, really uh, ranked and real, just really real. Um, you never see the cranks turning in her brain. It's just real. I mean, that you just feel that her emotion is genuine and she just draws you in and great, huge eyes. I mean, I think her eyes really draw you in too. Okay. Let's talk actors. Mine would be, um, well, my honorable, my honorable mention was Orson Welles, but my list was number four, Jack Nicholson, number three, Charlie Chaplin, number two, Humphrey Borgott, and number one, Marlon Brando. Oh, okay. Good. We had one crossover, Jack Nicholson. I had um, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Jack Nicholson, and Tom Hanks. Yeah. So tell me about tell me about why you picked those. Well, I actually really love Marlon Brando in every single movie he's ever done. I love the fact that he can literally give a really moving performance without memorizing a single line. The fact It's one of those magical qualities he has that he cannot care for a film project, but for some reason he just moves you. Like... Um, I saw him in The Godfather and he did not memorize a single line and he had to read the lines literally from the back of a cat on like little cue cards. And I'm thinking, wow, you have to have this much talent to be able to actually make me care about what's going on in the scene and for his character and and to not even bo- and for him to not even bother putting in any effort. I don't know. It's just one of those things where even though that's not the best form of acting like i wouldn't teach right. that to like an acting Advise student that. No, yeah. <laughs> but but he can pull it off and humphrey borgott loved him in casablanca the fact that he is a tough man that's able to cry on screen mm-hmm. wonderful and mm-hmm. charlie chaplin honestly the ending of city lights makes me cry so much i i can't watch that scene without crying and then um jack nicholson the what I love his range, honestly, to go from Chinatown to Terms of Endearment to mm-hmm. as good as it gets. There's a lot of range there, even yes. though people have this perception that he only plays crazy. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, Jack Nick, just you're right, all over the place, as good as it gets. Uh, Terms of Endearment, yeah, and of course, um, uh, a few good men. I, I use that this courtroom scene as a, a an analogy for some of my voiceover students about about making your audience feel something, you know, that, uh, oh, you know, yeah. you can't handle the truth. And that scene was just, I remember jumping out of my seat and, uh, he's just intense, really intense. Same thing with Robert De Niro. Of course, he's just over the top and kind of a, kind of a, a, a different and weird guy, I think in person, but when you have that much talent and you do that intense as an actor, I think sometimes, you know, you, it makes you march to your own drummer. Um, Al Pacino, I love, I've always had a crush on. Um, I thought, I thought, you know, as he got older, he was much more attractive. When he was really young, and the Godfather, when he played Michael in the Godfather, the first one, I thought he was more attractive much later than when he's young. Now he's getting a little old and scrawny, <laughs> but um, but I loved him in um, what's the one he finally? Oh, Scent of a Woman. He was fabulous in that. And Tom Hanks, of course, can do anything. I mean, his range again. But you know, the two Oscars he won for Philadelphia and um, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah, I mean, talk about different roles i mean talk about just you know he is uh 
and not and from what I under, understand from everything I've read, a really nice guy. You oh, know, yeah, that, just that's a down to earth nice guy who, even though he's you know he's a huge movie star and he's made a pile of money, um, from what I've read, has not let it go to his head and is still a decent guy and treats people well. From what I've read, anyway. Um, what's your what's your five favorite Tom Hanks performance? Oh, if I had to go real quick, I would say Philadelphia, Forrest Gump. Uh, honestly, those, and I'm trying to think of another one, but we're running out of time. I'll okay. come up with one, the five next week, I promise. Okay, thank you, Brian. Thank you to Doug Graham, to Rose Millette, to Carolyn Redman. Um, stay safe, everybody out there. We'll see you next week on The Culture Corner.